You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Me huele que va a lanzar un pase. Dalton. No, Dalton de vuelta. Gil ahora se coloca como a la abierta. El corredor es Adam Prentice, el corredor de poder. Viene la carga de Pittsburgh. Bien marcada por Norlanz, el pase largo por el centro. ¡Interceptado! ¡Interceptado! ¡Bienvenido de vuelta de Monte Casey! Yeah, because Billy Hillgrove couldn't have done it any better. How about that? That was Alvaro Martín, the Steelers' Spanish game day broadcast. Let me say, hey, Alvaro, first of all, Mucho apologies because I got you and Arturo mixed up. I should have known you got the hair, okay? Well, you know, Ar- Ar- Arturo's more handsome. That's okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, you you guys decide that. But for Max and I, we it was exciting to see you. Good, good to see you there the other day. And I got to tell you something. I love the excitement you bring, even though I can't quite tell exactly what you're talking about. Well, you know, the last names you can you can follow. You right. The Monte Cast. You know, you, you get the interceptado, you kind of get the sense of that. So uh, the emotion's definitely there. Uh, this is a team, you know, it's been the case now for, what, two, three seasons where, yes. you know, you're kind of hanging by your fingernails and you go like, are they going <laughs> to win this game? Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to survive? And and it's been like that for a while. And I think the, the, the what you hear is the release of that tension at yes. times when things go well for the team. So, uh, but anyway, you have to say something. I'm talking to the hardest working man in show business now that James Brown is in heaven playing for, you know, everybody up there. <laughs> because, Greg, you were working on Saturday night when everybody else was having a very good time. Oh, yeah. You know what? We got to do What a great honor that was to be able to do a show prior to the Hall of Honor. Um, the whole thing. Max comes in like a rock star. You know, Max just comes rolling in. And it's like, uh, uh, you know, so many so many other guys standing around going, wow, Max Starks. You know, it was it was a star-studded night, and it was a lot of fun. I just didn't get Max on the air with me. But unfortunately, um, but fortunately, I should say, he's on the air now. You know, when you've got an entourage and you've got, you have to <laughs> scuffle to get all 49 people in the building, that happened. <laughs> what do you say, Max? Oh man, L- listen. Sometimes you gotta have, you know, you know, a, a group. Sometimes you can't just do it by yourself. <laughs> it, sometimes it takes an entire village 
uh, to make things happen. So, no. Uh, uh, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but, uh, Go oh, ahead, Max. I was going to say, but uh, Alvaro, how good did it feel to see this team operating in all three phases at a high level? How, how, did, how you know, did you feel uh, uh, after what you've seen? A <laughs> couple of things. You understand that when TJ's back, I always call him the equivalent of a starting quarterback. Mm. The effect he has on his side and on the whole team is that level, uh, no less. And so to go back to the usual identity of the team, to then watch can he do what, one thing he does very well is time of possession. Mm. I think partly it's the design of the offense. They're, 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 they really move cautiously every five yards, so they have these long, long drives. They kill time. They make the defense rest, which is exactly what the Pittsburgh defense could use at its best. And then early in the game, you, you had this tone where New Orleans was starting deep in its own territory. And you, you got this feeling that, wow, it's going to be hard for them to score, to just move the ball, you know, 80 yards, 85 yards. And so the whole combination felt really felt well. I mean, it just felt very good to see that happen. Um, just a great game. And then you saw the, the big runs, four guys with 20 yarders or more. Uh, I can't remember the last time that happened, but um, that was good to see. And so you're beginning to see a team that now feels that we've got the elements here to begin to win games. We have a, lot, a long way to go. We have to score. We haven't learned how to score yet um, consistently. But it's got some elements that give you a sense of, okay, this is back to the kind of team that everybody thought they had at the beginning of the season. Alvaro, what's the what's the reaction of the Spanish speaking Steelers Nation community down there? Are they are how, how are they down? Are they disappointed over the three and six? Are they what are their concerns? What you know because we want to draw in all of Steelers Nation. Yeah, it's funny you say that because people have to understand that you you know Pittsburgh got into this program where you can you know, pay an, an amount of money and, and another country becomes your home country <laughs> uh, or your home, your home local market. And so Pittsburgh just annexed a market of 132 million people. And mm. the Steelers are the number one fan base down there. But you'd be surprised, Craig and Max, how loyal they are. Um, even when things are not looking good, they always focus on the positive you know, how, you know, what did Kenny do that was better than last week? You know, when's TJ coming back? Who's stepping up when someone was the best player of the game, even if it was inconsequential and didn't lead to a victory? You'd be surprised. Um, you know, the, the feeling you get is not critical. If they are critical, if they, if they throw stuff at the TV set and TV screen, you never see it. You never see it on social media. So, no, the funny thing is we did announce, the Steelers announced this week that we're going to be going down to Mexico on December 4th. Instead of us flying with you and, and sitting in the booth next to you in Atlanta for the Falcons game, we're going to be flying to Mexico City with a few uh, Steelers legends. Of course, either Craig or Max will be there. They're busy in Atlanta calling the game. Uh, but we're going to be down there, and we're going to be sitting in an arena, kind of a convention center, mm. with capacity of for 15,000 people. I'm not sure how many people are going to be there, but we're going to do a watch party where we're actually going to be calling the game in front of them and with them. And wow. so I'll be able to answer that question much, much better when I come back next the Tuesday after that December 4th, that'll be December 6th, 
I'll be able to give you specific anecdotes. That is, of course, you know, if we survive, if we make it back to the country. <laughs> I'm, I'm just hoping the Steelers win that day. That's the only thing I have to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, that, that's that's going to be awesome. So while we, you know, you know, and we do have a challenge going down to Atlanta with the Falcons, but hopefully, the, so some mojo and some momentum will be building in our favor. Yes. Um, the more time we get with T.J. Watt, like you said, back in the fold. Hopefully, we get. Minka back soon, as well as the addition of Demonte Casey. Yeah, your thoughts about Demonte Casey, kind of one of the lesser. When you think about 90 coming in, that's a huge deal to get T.J. Watt back. But I felt like one of the uh, one of the more silent ones, the ones that we saw during training camp that looked really good, um, had, was very promising. Then he breaks his wrist, and now he comes back as the bionic man with all those screws and plates and and, uh, you know, and, and everything else, nuts, bolts, you know, throw it all in their kitchen sink in his wrist. What did you think of DeMonte KZ's performance, especially in the absence of Minka Fitzpatrick? I mean, I just think of how he got injured. Do you remember he went, he went to the sideline on a play that was just 50-50 at best, but he took a chance. He's a risk taker, and he will take it to the limit. And he, does, he doesn't make fundamental mistakes. He doesn't take, you know, foolish chances. So that's the kind of player that he was. And I, I believe that, I mean, you saw the interceptions. He had a hand in a way in both of them. Um, and that just was so much fun to watch that we were down a playmaker and another one shows up for this game. And you know he wanted to play so badly. So, you know, off the bye week, off the suspension, off the injury, he just couldn't wait. So hopefully we can capture that and, have him drink that right before the game against Cincinnati because, you know, Pittsburgh's going to need it. You know, Elvaro, one of the things that a lot of people talked about going into the bye, we could say, oh, we got to have adjustments. We got to make some adjustments here. And I, I, I believe in, in you know, there, there are times you, you do have to make wholesale adjustments, but for the most part, a lot of times it's about the tweaks, the little tweaks, the things like George Pickens suddenly running uh, jet sweeps, the things like George Pickens suddenly being able to run some of the slants. Those sorts, those are tweaks. You know what I mean? The best adjustments are the adjustments like what we had this Sunday. Think about it. You got an offensive line. What was the adjustment? They were blowing people off the line of scrimmage. You know, they were grabbing them New Orleans Saints rascals and driving those dudes backwards and throwing them and depositing them on their derriere. That's the best kind of adjustment. It's I call it Yoda football. Yoda from Star Wars. You know, do you know, or do not. There is no trying. You either do it or the, you don't. The Steelers have had a run of very tough, difficult defensive fronts. A bunch of them this season. New Orleans comes in and they allow four and a half yards to carry, you know, for the season. So you know there are going to be opportunities. What I loved was not only seeing the execution, but understanding that out of this game, and you're going to face some tough ones, including Cincinnati this weekend, tougher ones than New Orleans. But you got to take advantage of situations like New Orleans to build up confidence. So you can look back and say, we did that. We were capable of that. Right. We know we can do that. So the question is, can you do it again? But at least you did it once. You had one good game that at least you can point back and say, I know I can do that. And so I thought it was very wise to take advantage of that four-and-a-half-yard carry allowed by the opposing defense, Right. not only, again, to win the game, but to build confidence. I mean, you needed that game so badly in terms of the run game 
this entire season, and it finally showed up. No, you're absolutely right, Alvaro, and that's one of the things. I feel like, you know, when you can build confidence, confidence will allow you to do a lot of things, <laughs> and, and it will allow you to do the impossible because you believe it's possible. And I think that was what this this offense needed. They needed to believe it was possible to go out there and actually dominate a team on the ground. And they 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 set it in motion, you know, fake it till you make it type of mentality until they <laughs> actually made it. And then you saw, okay, the blocks are getting a little bit tougher, a little extra push at the end. Um, you know, like you said, I mean, and of course I felt – it, was it me, or did, was Najee running a little bit different than we've seen him run this season? A little bit angrier, a little more quickly decisive, dare I say. Um, what was your What was your viewpoint about Najee running his running style, plus also his mentality as as you watch the game unfold? You know, last year he could get hit. Um, you know, the yards before first contact. They're probably about the same this year than last year. Last year, though, he persevered and would get you four yards. We hadn't seen that this year until last Sunday. That's the idea that we saw where you get hit. There's not a lot of hole there, but you get four yards out of it anyway. That was the beauty of that. But I'll tell you one run that really caught my eye because, again, we have not seen this all year. We used to see it with James Washington um, when he was with the Steelers. And that is when you have longer runs, then you begin to see the receivers blocking for the runner, Mm. the tight end blocking for the runner. 10 yards down the field. That Jalen Warren run, if you look at that video, look at everybody else blocking, including the wide receivers. They had no, no reason to do that up until Sunday. They had no chance to do that up until Sunday. That's what I mean by the opportunity and the confidence. Suddenly you're like, oh, we can do that. We can do that. <laughs> it's allowed. And I think that it's, it's beautiful to see that. Watch that video. Watch everybody else. Everybody else, not Warren. Everybody else blocking down the field. The thing of beauty. Absolutely. Now, another thing, one of the great adjustments, and I have that in quotes, is the fact if you go back to Mike Tomlin a few weeks ago in Miami and he talks about the interception opportunities and teams that take advantage of those interceptions are the teams generally that do the best or win. And the Steelers really, in, in Miami, they had their hands on, what, four of them, and they didn't squeeze the Charmin on any of those. But Gadzooks, you saw it this past weekend here. You got a couple Dalton balls out there. You got KZ, Kamikaze, <laughs> Kamikaze, no, Kamikaze, uh, after after lighting up that one receiver on the sidelines, comes back and makes up a great uh, makes a great play on an interception. Levi Wallace as well. Levi Wallace, a couple passes defense, coming on strong when they need him to come on strong. I thought it was great play by both those guys. If Justin Jefferson doesn't do his thing against Buffalo later on that day, everybody would be talking about that Levi Wallace interception because that was theft. Yes. That yes. was that was yeah. highway robbery. Yes. That, you had it. It was an impactful play. It was a red zone play. It was a devastating play. No, 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 no. The ball is ours. Uh-uh. It's ours. And I stole it. From, you had it, and I took it from you. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And by the way, it was legal. I mean, there was nothing untoward. Right. Yes, yes. It was perfectly legal. Hey, I-, I wanted it more, and I grabbed it, and now it's our team. Wow. That's great. That's great. Like I said, the identity of the team, the way they play defense, it's like a boat without a, a keel. It's kind of kind of bump, bouncing around and moving around, but without any ability to control its direction. Now they do. Now they do. 
And then you have an offense that, if nothing else, will control the clock, which the defense can use. So now let's see if now that offense begins to get a little bit more consistent and begins to figure out how to score. That's the ultimate challenge now, I think, for that group. They can move the ball. They can hold the ball, which is great for the defense. Now, can you score? That's the next step. Yes. No, absolutely. I, 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 and, and I'm just I'm excited about the, what the prospect is, about this team kind of getting some continuity. Obviously, you know, this was the first time we saw this offense post-Chase Claypool trade. And wondering what does it what does it look like? How does it how does it function? Well, we, we well we've talked about the ground game. Uh, I want to talk about the passing game. Um, a lot of different guys touched the touch touched the football. A lot of a lot of targets were spread amongst uh, different guys. Pat Fryermuth being the main one, but you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different guys receive passes in that game of the 18 completions of uh, of young Kenny Pickett. And just kind of talk about the, the, the spread of the wealth uh, in the passing game and what you saw from Kenny and, and, and the receivers. I lose that, use that word loosely. Uh, Pass-catching yep. ability guys um, to get the ball and what they did. Well, again, you know, you always say you start from the premise that I think part of the Matt Canada offense has, will, will produce an outcome in that direction. The way he likes to see the game is you should never know where the next blow is coming if you're the opposing defense. And part and parcel of that is a lot of people should touch the ball. If you focus on a couple of players, and it makes it simple for the defense. So I think part of putting pressure on the opponent is to spread the ball. So I think by design, there's a little bit of that. I also think that you know they probably told the rookie quarterback, hey, get rid of the ball. So we're going to basically give you a quick read, a quick hit. So let's go here. And that guy's going to be wide open. And so part of that, I think, is that. But I also think it comes down to Kenny Pickett as well. Right. I think that's one of his characteristics. And that is a really mature one. Because you walk into a locker room, you just replaced a veteran. You're, both of you were replacing a legend. And you basically may want to come into the locker room and make some friends. Hey, buddy, listen, I'm going to feed you the ball. <laughs> I know you're the star. I know you're, you're the ranking guy in this locker room. I'm going to make sure you're taken care of and, and play politics. Pickett is not, does not do that. It's like, look, you're open. I'm throwing it to you. If you're not, I'm, I'm throwing it to the open person, whoever that is. That, I think, creates healthy competition in a team. You, you basically, hey, he's not going to choose winners. He's going to look at the winner and throw him the ball. So I better get be one of the winners on each play I want them to see the ball. And so the distribution is not as concentrated. Um, and I think that that has benefits to the team. Again, it's great for 80 yards, but then the final test is can you now turn that into a touchdown? And I think that's as much on Kenny as on the receivers, probably more on Kenny than on the receivers. I think that's the ultimate test. So I think it's a little bit of of the, the, the offense design, I think the instructions to him, you know, throw it to, throw it to Connor Hayward now. He, you know, throw it to him now. Throw it to Derek Watt now, here. And so there's a little bit of that, but I think, I think the way he does football, look, if you, what you just did, Max, if you look at every game he started, it's all like that. It's eight, nine, you know, seven, ten different receivers. It's crazy. He spreads it around. So that's a Kenny Pickett hallmark. The question now 
It's when you come down to the flat 20 yards, can you score a touchdown? Not by running a yard under center and getting smashed. That's fine. We'll take it. But can you throw touchdowns and make it simple on you and your teammates? You know, there's there's some things that I thought Kenny did so much better this week than in the past weeks. I don't think he was spot on in his throwing the ball early on. His his quarterback rating in the first half was 70.3. But in the second half, it's 96. You know, he jumps up. He's 7'11", passes for 108 yards. I think a lot of it was he threw the ball away and didn't put the ball in jeopardy uh, in that first half at all and throughout the game. You know, throw the ball away, use your legs to get out of trouble, those sorts of things. Now, too many sacks, and you that's got to be rectified. But a couple of those were on Kenny. A couple of those are on – the rest are on the offensive line. But that's a process. You can't separate the quarterback from his alignment. okay? That's yeah. that's all one big, uh, you know, kamash in there. They, they, they You know, it's, it's hand in hand there working together. But at the same time, what I really liked, what I saw with Kenny, was the fact that he really – practiced ball security and didn't put that thing in jeopardy and I thought it was a really a heads up step forward uh, more mature guy showing taking that next game brain level of performance rather than just slinging the, the rock all over the place yeah you know he, he did the Deontay Johnson curl right a couple times and got out of trouble right um, and he and hit Deontay with away. what he needed remember that 36 exactly. yarder what a beautiful strike that was oh, yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, but I'll tell you one thing about this team that's interesting too. For all of its troubles on offense, this is the best fourth down team in the league. Possibly because it's so many times they have to be on fourth down and produce. <laughs> so under pressure, this is the best team in fourth down. And that, if I'm a rookie quarterback, I'm not thinking three downs now. I really am, depending on field position, obviously, but I'm not thinking three downs. I'm thinking, you know what? <laughs> We're down a yard away for the, for the first down. We may just run for it and, and go for it. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of less pressure. So this idea of throwing the ball away has a lot to do with the fact that I know that my team will go for it on, four, on fourth down if it's short, depending on field position, where I don't think, I, geez, if I don't have 10, 10 yards and three downs, I'm done. I'm toast. We're out of here. Three and out. Can't have that. So you start taking risks. So, there's, again, I'm, I'm – I dwell in the silver lining department, okay? Yes. And that is one thing that caught my eye. Best team in football on fourth down. Not the most numerous fourth downs, just the best converting them. There's a certain amount of concentration, focus, and execution that says some nice things about Pittsburgh. And I think it takes pressure from Pickett, a, a bit of pressure, uh, depending on situations and location on the field. So that's, that's part of it, too. It's great to watch you know, the worst part of the season is over. Now you, we have teams that are tough, but not murderers row. <laughs> and so let's see what happens now. And DJ comes back. And hopefully Minka comes back. Right. And then let's see what happens. Very good, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, Alvaro. Thank you so much. And we look forward to it every Tuesday. But obviously the most important Tuesday will be that Tuesday after the Falcons game to make sure that Alvaro made it out alive. Um, and that we also gave them a victory well, so that uh, so Max, that he, he can report to us. <laughs> Max, listen, I need some of your entourage, some of those 49 people. Uh, yeah, go to Mexico, exactly. 
so I, so yeah, I can he, walk around and throw some throw some shade. So let me know, okay? Exactly. Oh, I mean, I, I I have twenty seven and a quarter right now. I'll work on the rest of them. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. We'll have a full contingent by the time we get to December fourth. Uh, thank you so much. That was, of course, Steelers play by play analyst on the Spanish broadcast, Alvaro Martin, joining us here in the locker room each and every Tuesday. We are so thankful for his time. Thank you, Alvaro. And have safe travels, and we'll see you this weekend uh, at Acrisure for the Bengals game, which has been flexed. So at least a little bit earlier. Well, just in imagine, the day. gentlemen. Just imagine December fourth without me next to you on the booth. Silence is golden. Yeah. Uh, no, it'll be a yeah. bummer, man. I love looking <laughs> yeah, over there and no. seeing you, brother. We love you, brother. That's for sure. Exactly. Love you too. Thank you. Uh, all all right. right. Thank you, Alvaro. That was Alvaro Martin. All right. Well, if we're gonna step aside. We're gonna react to a little bit and keep diving into, of course. This game against the Saints. You are in the locker room with Wolf and Starks here on ESPN Radio and SNR. We'll be back soon. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now it is... And around, Pickens turns it upfield. The rookie from Georgia, 30. First down, 25, and he's out of bounds at the Saints' 24-yard line. Oh, yes, George Pickens. But before we get to that, I, I wouldn't be remiss, Max, if I didn't bring up the fact that Tyson Alu-Alu is the Steelers' Ed Block Courage Award winner's recipient. And that's given to a player from all 32 teams and is based on a player's inspiration, sportsmanship, and courage in coming back from an injury. Tyson, as everybody knows, was last year disappeared after the second game against the Raiders when he busted up his ankle, had to sit out all year long, which probably drove his wife just crazy. But the fact is, Tyson is an important part of this team, this defense, and um, a worthy recipient of the Ed Block Courage Award winner. Would you not say so, Max? I would absolutely say that, Wolf, because I think that when you think about what it takes, and I'm also an Ed Block Courage Award winner of the past. Congratulations. So. Thank you. Yes, I I, you, I was remiss in not bringing that up. I'm sorry. Yeah, so um, it, it's, it's pretty cool, you know, when you talk about I mean, it's more so the, that that contribution after a year of some type of major injury right. where you're uncertain where a guy can come back, how he can contribute, um, but also, you know, that teammate and sportsmanship aspect of it is very important. You know, Tyson was on the sidelines all last year, even with the injury, uh, making sure he was there to support his brothers. And then, of course, to come back this year from that injury, uh, reclaim a starting job, and, of course – you know, with the injuries and everything, things get shifted around. But still, a main contributor had a, you know, he was a solid performer. You noticed right. him when he was on the field on Sunday, and um, I, what what a tremendous honor for him. Um, you know, it's tough because I mean, you never know how a guy's going to respond to a major injury. And right. when you think about Tyson breaking an ankle. I mean, you know, it's a large man, right? <laughs> and a lot of weight goes into those joints, um, and for him to come back from that to still perform at that at, at the level that he is um, is just a tremendous testament to his character and to, you know, his just relentless ability to approach. I mean, to attack anything, he attacked his rehab just as much as he attacks an opposing quarterback. Um, so cr- tremendous honor for Tyson. Congratulations to him. 
is something I, I cherish as well. You know, when, Absolutely. I, when I won the award because, you know, you had to go through some stuff to even be eligible for it. That's you know, the Wolf. thing about it. And you know what? The, the doubt that comes on. Speak to that, Max, because, yeah. you yeah. know, this is – you take a look at a guy like Tyson. This happened in his 12th year. This is his 13th year of battling in the trenches. Now, you can say what you want about the other positions, but the men that line up week in and week out, tackle to tackle, that bang it out in the box like that, it, it, it takes – takes some courage. It takes some real uh, confident desire and ability and all those things that you got to throw in there to come back and wage, you know, uh, wage war down in the trenches. And, you know, there might be a screw or two loose for us. You True. know, I'm well, just going to throw that out right, there. That you, helps. Don't, you don't, you don't need everything, but you just, you, you need the heart and the will, you know, and, and that, that's, that's one of the things I think you're right. We, we call that the creep. Wolf, yes. Uh, that self doubt, right? Because it creeps into your mind slowly um, when you have what is perceived as a setback, some pain, um, a little lingering soreness that wasn't anticipated. You know, that tries to get in the way of progress. Um, that creep is, is real, and and you can you can doubt yourself, and that can that can take a hold of your mind and not allow you to to be all that you can be. Um, it, it allows you to be cautious. You know, you start second-guessing yourself right. when you are so sure. Um, you know, you start wondering, right? The mind starts to wonder. And you have to overcome all of those odds, you know. And, and we've all had injuries. I mean, for, my, for me, well, actually, when I got the Ed Block Courage Award, it was right after I had herniated a disc in my neck. Youth. Right? And, you know, I was playing the Bengals. And... You know, they went in and they're like, hey, you know, it's your C4, C5. You know, we're going to have to go in. That disc is – that disc between those two vertebra has been completely squished out, you know, like like, uh, like 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 a custard-filled donut, right? You know, it's just <laughs> – you take that bite on the wrong end, you forget the holes on the other side, you take the bite and yep. – that's what it did to – you know, it just squirted out and was, was pressing on my spinal cord. And I just mm. remember – you know, the the doubt, right? I mean, first yes. of all, I, I, I had to go through a lot of meetings with doctors um, before I even wanted to get, um, you know, the cut. And to go in there and research and do all of these different things to make sure that I was making the right decision and then ultimately settle on that. And then, you know, not knowing, you know, because I remember I was with the team because that was the year we went to Super Bowl 45. Mm -hmm. You know, I was injured after week nine and I didn't miss a meeting. I didn't miss a single practice. I didn't miss a single trip. In fact, the coach was like, yeah, you still got to travel with the team, Max. I was like, what? I, I'm on IR, and I have a neck. I don't, how does yeah. that do with cabin pressure? No, you're fine. You know, John Scott <laughs> needs you. I was like, what? <laughs> so I had to Jonathan, watch film. Did you tell Jonathan, um, hey, you know, grow up, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it, there were moments. Trust me, Wolf. Anyway, <laughs> would you spend – I mean, when, when I – because I wasn't allowed on the practice field during practice, so you know what I would do? I would go in the team lounge. Right. And I would be passed out, just sleeping, just absolute – because I couldn't sleep at night. I was so scared about that. Like, the doctor – you know, doc, and, and Dr. Adam Cantor, love him over at UPMC. Right. I'm over there talking to Doc. Doc, Doc, I, I can't I can't lay flat. I can't be, you know, I like to sleep on my side, and if my neck goes, it's going to – he's like, Max, you have a titanium plate keeping it in place – and the bone is healing with another bone. You're, you're going to be ah, – Doc, I don't trust it. He's like, what, like, well, what would make you trust it? Give me a neck brace. I want a neck brace. <laughs> it's, 
He's like, you don't need a neck brace. But there I was. I had a neck brace. Oh, no. And it wasn't one of those those lounge things that you got on the plane, right? No, no it, was, it, was, it was not a neck pillow. No, it was it was the old school, you know, accident, accident law. Like, here, here you go. Put this around your neck when we go in the courtroom type of style. It, it offers you. And I would sleep upright. Like uh, on like one of the chase chairs we had, oh, no. and I was sitting there asleep in an upright position. My wife's like, "What is wrong with you? Come to bed." <laughs> nope, can't do it, hon. I can't lay flat. <laughs> She's like, "Yes, you can." Yes, I'm like, can. "No, I can't." <laughs> oh, that argument. What do you know? Fun. She's oh, she's like, "What do you know?" And I'm like, "I'm like, I don't know much, but I know my neck is not supposed to be flat." She's like, "I am a doctor. I deal with this all the day." <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate that, hon. Uh-huh. But have you dealt with a patient this size? Yes, I deal with one on a daily basis. I was like, you know what? Oh yeah, no, we went back. It, it was it was hilarious to look back on, but uh, but you know, it, it it taught me a lot about myself, right? It, yeah. Because I was doubting myself, right, a lot in the process, and you know, I I eventually overcame it. I felt comfortable. Um, and then from there, you know, I was I was released from the team, obviously, because they didn't know if I was ever going to come back. And right. by the way, I was acting. I don't blame them. Uh, <laughs> I need a neck brace. No, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> but but you know, and then I and then I come back week five that year, uh, back against Jacksonville the following season, and then I play every snap. You know, yep. after after that surgery, eleven months off, and um, and so I was awarded with that honor, and it was it was a great honor to receive that and you know it also gave you validation right for your right. hard work and I'm sure for Tyson I'm sure he's got he's gotten plenty of validation from his teammates but it's one thing to then be recognized with an honor of this level um and to be honored with 32 uh, 31 other guys um that went through similar things to get back onto the field uh, of play and I think we can wrap it up by saying uh that you no longer sleep in the chase chairs in in the bedroom well right? no, no, no upright <laughs> I I do, but it's not on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like every once in a while, you know, you're like, oh, I'll just watch TV. Like, oh yeah, you fall asleep, and then and you're yeah, and then you're you. done. Yeah, right. you know what I'm saying? But it's never, it's not as purposeful like that. I had intent. Yes. I went in there knowing that I needed to sleep in this position. So you know, I had like a pillow, <laughs> I had a blanket. My wife's like, "What are you doing?" You know, now it's like, oh, he fell asleep on the chase. Yeah, game. okay. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's 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 now my security blanket, literally. Uh, you know, it just it brings me back to great, fond, foolish memories uh, when it, when I do that. But anywho, uh, we're gonna step aside. There you go. The so belt enough last of chase chairs and titanium yeah, enough, enough necks. Of cha- exactly, and neck braces. You know, I definitely am not trying to. Please don't call me accident lawyers. Um, I'm fine. Uh, but you know, when we come back, we'll wrap, we'll wrap up this day. Jeez, I, I went off on a tangent. Well, um, a little bit, we'll, but we'll that's what we do. That that is what we do. That that it, listen, if you tune into our show expecting to hear hard hitting stats and facts <laughs> and seriousness, go to one of our news channels because that is not us. We are the fun that's media the group fact, here. Jack. That's the fact, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh I love it too. That is so great. Um, but yeah, we're we're gonna work on our stripes next uh, when we come in <laughs> for this bell lap. And uh, you are in the locker room. He's Craig Wolfley. I'm Max Starks, the man behind the monitor. Don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna give him a little love in the next segment. Yes, because we know what time it is. We got to talk about all those great things that are happening on a Tuesday, and it's not just a Mike Tomlin presser here in the locker room. Wolf and Starks on SNR and ESPN Radio. Thank you.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pick it back to throw it. He fires it to the near sideline and it's pulled in. And shaking the defender is George Pickett. First down up over the 35, the 40, out to the 43-yard line, a 14-yard gain. You know, we didn't get the chance to talk about George Pickens and what he's been doing, but I like to see his role growing. You know, he, he says that, you know, that was the first time he ever ran between the tackles since, like, high school or, or peewee ball or something. And I had to laugh because he says, I don't want to do it again. Don't do, You know, and if I'm at Canada, I'm saying, hey, you got no choice in the matter, buddy. You know, you, you got you to be part of the group that takes it up there. I love the fact that they used him on the jet sweep. I love the fact that Kenny hit him on a slant. I want to see more of his ability rather than just going down the field. You want to see him become more than what, what Mike Tomlin used to call Mike Wallace, a, a, a one-trick pony. Yeah, exactly. No one trick here. He's already proven he has two tricks. Yeah. Uh, one is he can also take a jet sweep and make it look like an off-tackle on goal line. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's I love that creativity because you know that play was supposed to stretch wide. Yes. And he said – why run all that way when I could just dive right here? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, because it caught the entire defense off guard. You know, they were expecting flow. Guys were scraping over the top, and then he just knifes underneath, jumps in for his first rushing touchdown. And then, like you said, on the next jet sweep, I mean, takes that takes that nice, nice around angle and just absolutely hits it north and south. So adding to that, over 200. I mean, you take away his carries. I mean, we don't get over 200 yards rushing, Wolf. Absolutely. Think about that. Yes. You know, we don't hit the highest rushing total since 2016. And uh, although it wasn't a spectacular grab day, highlights, you know, with crazy one-handed over-the-top, bending backwards, you know, cartwheel flipping type of catches, it was more pedestrian from that perspective, but it was impactful, right? It, it like, his, his touches – meant something into the outcome of the game. So it was very good to see. And, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, another crazy stat, Wolf, I'm going to throw out there to you. Did you know that no running back on our squad has two-plus rushing touchdowns this season and no receiver has two-plus receiving touchdowns? Huh. How about that? No, I did not yeah. know that. Intriguing. But Intriguing. yet Kenny Pickett has three rushing touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And some fourth-down conversions. Yeah. And fourth down conversions, so it's just it, it just goes to show you. I mean, dual threat question mark for Kenny Pickett, right? Um, but it, it it is something that you know I know, and that also might lend itself to the lack of scoring as well when you don't have guys in those categories. But I like I like that we're going in the direction where I don't think that's going to be something um, that we can say for much longer. I think this offense is starting to find its groove. Um, it'll be great to see what the follow-up act is, right? Everybody loves a haymaker, mm-hmm. but what, what, what's your two- and three-punch combination? You know, that's what makes right. a boxer. And so we'll get a chance to see what their, what their second punch is as the, as, the, as, the, as the Bengals come into town. Um, you know, Cincinnati. I, I'm, I'm going to start <laughs> using all those words now just to get ready. The Bungles. For, uh, yeah, the Bungles. See, there we go. Who day, we day. Yeah. Um, all those – Time-honored phrases that we just know and love in Western Pennsylvania. We will be exploiting those um, in the coming days 
uh, for this. But Wolf, um, you know, getting back on on track with George Pickens. I mean, let me uh, assessment. We're over. Oh, okay. Let me. What, let me I got a question for you. Okay, because okay. I was thinking about this as I was sitting there at home, you know, putting some stuff together. I'm thinking, you know, I look over and I see last year Pat Fryermuth. He had 22 catches and two TDs over the first seven games, right? Well, then mm-hmm. in the last nine games, he had 38 and five. 38 catches, five TDs. I'm wondering to myself, now you got Pickens sitting there with 26 catches, 338 yards, and uh, a t- one TD and one carry TD. Um do you expect to have a similar result like Pat growing over the last number of games here that the Steelers have? I don't expect it to be to the tune of what Pat did because Pat had been Roethlisberger. Right. Um, which is a little bit different. And Kenny Pickett. And I think the way this Matt Canada offense, I think you'll see more. I don't know if it's an exponential boost like it was for Pat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be steady increases. Right, because you're still not the one thing that you're not seeing. You're not seeing the targets, right? The targets um, are there for Deontay and right. Pat yes. to take advantage, not necessarily George. So you can see that George is still probably the third option, and at all intents and purposes in this offense. Um, you know, now now granted, here's the thing: it's not that far off. He got four targets, Deontay got five targets, and then Pat got seven targets. So it wasn't like it was like, oh, my gosh, he's got four and everybody else has like 10 plus. Mm -hmm. Or you have five guys with 10 plus. Um, It's more so incremental. I think he will see probably – I think he gets to six to seven looks a game um, consistency uh, consistently. I think what he does with those will be the biggest thing. But I don't think it's going to be a big jump where you're going to see like Pat had two and then he all of a sudden jumps to five and then he gets seven on the season. I think think George will probably end up somewhere – in that four to six range um, on the season for receiving touchdowns, which he only has one right now. So that would be an exponential jump from where he's at, but not to where it's like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. I think because the offense just doesn't dictate that. Exactly so. And I think you've also got to feed the ball to um, Najee Harris. You know, uh, his his catches are down. Obviously, I think he can contribute more in that way. And Jalen Warren, too. You know, I mean, this is another guy that he can take that as a skedaddler, a, a noted Tomlin skedaddler. Uh, this is a guy that that is able to take that rock and get some exorbitant yardage uh, that you didn't think he was capable of getting. You know, what I mean, I couldn't believe he turned the corner on uh, whatever was it. Demario Davis was out there, and he was able to have the what's that? No, I didn't say anything. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think. I think I just heard from one of the ninjas, and I think I just, like, freaked out from him. Sorry about that. Ghost in the machine. It's all good. But I think when – Proceed, sir. Yes, when Jalen Warren turned the corner, I couldn't believe he had enough gription to stay in bounds. You know, he got up the the sidelines there for, I don't know, was it 21, 26 yards, and then hurdled the guy too? Good grief. Uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, Jalen Warren was all over the place. So he had a 26-yarder on the reception. Um, and then, of course, he had a 21-yarder on the rush. So, I mean, yes. he had two explosive plays, um, you know, in the run and pass category. F- check the boxes. But, uh, but yeah, it was just – it was amazing just to see the intensity, right, the focus, the intent 
of what they were doing. I thought Alvaro made a good point about a team that gives up four and a half yards of rush. You got to take advantage of that. And I thought they did perfectly. But now you have to go make four and a half your your norm and not make it the outlier um, because we do have a great opportunity in this back half to to make some hay um, offensively and do some things that can keep us a balanced team but also make us competitive. No question about it. Well, it's about time to wrap it up, and guess what's coming up next, folks? Ding, 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 ding. Bell lap completed, and we are now about to toss. After we're done, please stay tuned. Mike Tomlin press conference up next. Hear from the head ball coach himself as he talks about the game uh, of of yesterday, um, which meaning Sunday, and also preview the opponent that will be coming to us, the Cincinnati Bengals. Here on SNR and ESPN Radio, I'm Max Darks. He's Craig Wolfley. Also reminding you, if you missed any of our show, feel free to download it on Steelers mobile app, iHeartRadio app, as well as the whole lineup. we got a whole bunch of shows. Go on the mobile app, hit, hit live shows, podcasts. It'll show you an entire menu, the standard, the blitz, the godfather. And, of course, you know it's on a Tuesday, so the godfather's releasing. And also, Johnny is <laughs> releasing the Steelers Week in Review. You can't pitch to Johnny. I'm Johnny. Absolutely. <laughs> Wes Euler giving you uh, his thoughts about the game that was and the game to be right there on the Steelers Week in Review hosted by Wesley Euler. We're out. Have fun. Tomlin Presser next. You've been in the locker room. Wolf and Starks. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.